because polyamory, if correct me if I'm wrong, is kind of like a package vacation. Is that fair to say? Well, usually <laughs> you can like get the drinks deal and then you can also add on the package and get the yeah. non-monogamy like element. You do have to pay extra, but normally it's worth it. Yeah. Thinking about the year and uh, all the all the great poly things that happened in the year. Yeah. 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 I'm going to be reviewing it with you okay. today on the podcast. Welcome everyone to <laughs> 2023. A year in review. A poly year. In Apologies. Review. Apologies. Apologies. <laughs> great start, people. A poly year in review. It's our final episode of the year. It is. We'll be taking a three-week break after this, and we'll be back on January 8. So, you know. So, don't panic. We'll be back. We'll be back. I'll be back. We'll be back. Okay, yeah, but. This is a partnership. Apologies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. But uh, we thought, you know, why not? Year in review, but with a little bit of a polyamorous slant yes. to it yes. so it's kind of like i mean it's a, we should have we should have made it like a big big fat big fat quiz of the year type format but i suppose american our american listeners might struggle with that because they probably don't know what that is no one else will know what that is i don't think because no. australians like they might watch it but it's not like a thing that everyone you know like it's, it's quite a, a thing yes they miss it i'm missing out on it yeah it's very good isn't it so but good. also like big fat quiz of the year what we're quizzing each other. Like we need to, we need yeah. to think about the formula well, yeah, of this. We, we would test each could you test could, it. But you know, we could get like three guests on and do like a, yeah, that could oh, be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's all for next year, guys. We've got a whole year to get to that. <laughs> having our, our meeting about 2024 <laughs> a year already. <laughs> but yeah, today we've got some really cool stuff to talk about. We're going to sort of chat about some news events and, I've decided that I'm going to do a poly reading list. That's exciting, and then we're just going to finish off with some really lovely. Well, we're going to things. We're going to finish off by hearing from you. Yeah, we've got some really lovely responses to a question we put on Instagram. So, yeah, yeah it's, a good one. it's a good one. But shall we just dive straight Let's in? Let's begin. Jump, jump straight At the in. Beginning. Well, actually, about three months into the year, we're going to start with March. <laughs> Nothing really was going on in January and February. Everyone was still recovering. All the poly people (laughs) weren't doing anything in January and March. Feb, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we just want to kind of go over some of the sort of major news events and things that happened in in non-monogamy in 2023. Um, The first one that we've got here is in March, laws were passed in Somerville, Massachusetts. And essentially, laws were passed to support in the domestic partnerships of more than two people, uh, which is pretty exciting and new, the first place in the world to sort of have done this, at least in the Western side of the world. And, yeah, it, it's fantastic. At the same time, um, Arlington and Cambridge, which are two other sort of cities in Massachusetts, added polyamorous units to their existing domestic partnership audience audiences, which is just a fancy way of being like they're also sort of starting to be protected. But in March, there was only Somerville that had passed that law. Um, we talked about this with our mates from Open, Brett, and also uh, Dr. Heath Shashinger. 
um, sorry, Brett Chamberlain, just <laughs> Brett, Brett Chamberlain. Just Brett. Just for it. Um, about like you know the fact that these places in Massachusetts are also like really close to universities like Harvard. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's like a large queer community, a large poly community, and also just sort of a community that's really forward thinking. And there's like lots of research and, and movements and things happening. So yeah, it's a really positive first sort of step towards hopefully wider recognition, legislatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, legislatively, that's definitely a word. Um, yeah. And um, let's hope that in 2024 we have lots more stories like that to to discuss. It's, mm-hmm. it's it certainly makes you feel safer, even though this is something that's happening in a different country to where we live. It it, it still it, it sets a precedent, I think. Yeah, I'm glad. I love that you said the word precedent because I was just precedent. about to say precedent. that. It, that's what it is. You know, how often do you hear politicians say, oh, well, we're doing this thing because Norway did it or because yeah. America did it or yeah. Belgium, whatever. Yeah. There's always, because now there's a model for what it might look like in practice. Yeah. So people are able to see that and go, oh, okay, we could do that too because look at the, the, the data that shows that. So mm-hmm. it is really exciting. Um, I think uh, another very exciting piece of news mm-hmm. happened. Let's fast forward a little bit to May the 1st. Yes. Something really big happened on May the 1st, if you remember. <laughs> in the poly world, huge. Yeah, Major news. For at least 3,000 people in the community. <laughs> um, we launched. Yeah, our podcast started. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> That's what it sounds like when our podcast starts. Yeah. I just thought I would throw that in. Um, Good on you. Some you know, yeah, audio sign posting. Yeah, Love that. Exactly. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's been a journey. Yeah. It's we talked about this from maybe like the first week that we opened our relationship. Like Probably, yeah. very early mm. on, we were like, we should do something with our experiences. And unfortunately, me having been a journalist most of my professional career, even if I'm in like the throes of emotional turmoil, there's a part of me that's always like, this would be a good story one day. I mean, that's exactly uh, the mindset you should have when you're trying to accurately document something. Mm. It shouldn't be in hindsight. It should be as it's happening. You yeah. know? I mean, look at all the best sort of docos that have come mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. They've, they've started in the midst of, of everything, you know, yeah. um, going on. So, And I did sort of take notes and write things down and yeah. sometimes I look back at those and I'm like, wow. Yeah, well, you that's, know? I mean, yeah, I mean, if we're reflecting on things then like we, we've revisited a lot of that initial content mm-hmm. and we've, mm-hmm. you know, ch- tweaked wording here and there or we've in a lot of ways changed sort of our beliefs about things. You know, yeah, and rather not change but evolved. I think is probably yeah. a better word because growth is is incredibly important. And if you're not growing, then what are you doing? Um, and I think, yeah, looking back and and being like, like a lot of people would be kind of embarrassed, but I think I'm very happy when I look back and I feel a little bit like I don't agree with that anymore. Yeah, because it absolutely. means that something's happened, especially when you don't notice it happening. It just happens <laughs> yeah. sort of gradually. It's it's actually quite, quite um, fulfilling. And, yeah, yeah. It's um, and when we get to sort of later in the episode, I'm gonna, I want to talk a little bit more about that. So, um, yes. we'll do that. I won't step on it too much. Then. Little little <laughs> teaser there for you, everybody. Um, just, just a moment. <sighs> Sorry, I'm just drinking my coffee. 
as well. I'm so glad that everyone listening to us had to pause for you to take a sip yeah. of your coffee. It's important. They want me to be energized <laughs> yeah. for this episode. Yeah. So hang on a second. <laughs> mm. oh, love it. Love it. It's a beautiful Kenyan blend. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, July 15 was the <laughs> very first. <laughs> yeah. Polyamory Visibility Day, which was facilitated by the Organization for Polyamory Ethical Nomonogamy. We mentioned Brett already, Brett Chamberlain. Open. Open, The best acronym ever. And also, you know, Dr. Heath, who we spoke to, was mentioned already in this episode as well. Mm -hmm. He is involved in that organization. So many of the people that we've had on the show are involved Mm -hmm. with them. So, Well, yeah, yeah. and not not only that, but um, what we've got with a sneak peek into next year's um, sort of work. We may have someone else coming on fairly soon um, who is also in, in involved very yeah. heavily with Open. We're yeah. going to say who because... Guys, we're hard at work. We're hard at work. We're hard at work. We work so hard for you. Show us some appreciation. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was um, really cool. You know, there was turnouts all over the globe. It was really amazing on that day to mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. all the social media, the posts, like having a visibility day sort of following June, which is like Pride Month in the Northern Hemisphere a lot of the time. Uh, and it's just really nice to have that day. And I know that Open has plans to expand that potentially into a week next year as well. So mm-hmm, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's really exciting. I just loved having like a day that we can be like, this is polyamory visibility day. Get ready for poly pride, people. Yeah. Polly Prime. That'd be great. How good would that be? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. So I just love that we've got an organization like Open that's doing things to, you know, advocate for people who are non-monogamous and they're doing such important work and it's just nice that they've they've got this sort of visibility day along with all the other sort of queer minorities that have in the, in the summer in that time of, that time yeah. of year. Yeah. 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 It's baby steps, but it's quite big baby steps really. <laughs> I mean, we were talking. We were literally just talking earlier this this morning about yeah. um, about uh, how in the time that we've since we've opened up since we started this podcast, like it feels like it's just so much more visible as a, uh-huh. as a thing. And and visibility day, I imagine, has a huge part to play in that. Yeah, and I think it's funny. I think for us as like kind of stepping into the polyamorous creator space it's certainly become more visible for us as individuals because we're actively seeking out guests and actively talking about these things and like actively reading the news that is particular to to that to this topic but i think at the same time like we were talking about last week sometimes like when you're telling people more and more people just go yeah not always of course everyone's yeah yeah got different experiences and some people can't be out but i think there is just more and more people that are exploring it thinking about it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the visibility day absolutely yeah yeah would have something to do with that um so the next thing we've got on the list yes we're going forward to to um august now we're really just rinsing through this year aren't we <laughs> well you know when i was looking at like researching these things there was like these are like the significant events that I could find. There wasn't like a lot of news and reporting, but I think that's just indicative of like where we are at 
in. There's a lot of experience-based stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Heaps, heaps, heaps of experience-based stuff. Like this is my, I'm in a four-person relationship. I'm a, in a poly marriage, whatever. But in terms of like news items, which is what we're covering now, mm. there wasn't a lot, which, yeah, as I just said, is kind of indicative, I think, of where we're at in like the development yep, of yep. this. Yeah. But pop culture has been obviously Majorly, a huge yeah. thing. So, and we'll, let's touch on that now because there were two <laughs> yeah. shows. I mean, one ended earlier than August, but um, we can't talk about... But, but we're, we're just going to compile them here. You know, for ease of the for, listener for experience. For ease of listener and convenience. Yes. For us talking about it. Um, <laughs> it's all about us. Uh, <laughs> we had Ted Lasso end in, was it May? I think it ended yeah. in. Yeah. And, um, and, of course, Riverdale. Which, which was, August. was a big, the big deal, really, when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, Polly, big, big, and not necessarily a good way. But Ted Lasso, we touched on in a previous episode, um, yep. in one of our Polly pop culture sections slash Poppy Amory, <laughs> and <laughs> of course, with that, it was uh, the sort of love triangle, if you will, between what are the names again? I've forgotten. Kayla, Ka- Kayla, Jamie, and Roy, and Roy. and of course uh, she ended up picking neither of them which is fine and I actually quite liked that but um, it was still there was a lot of online discussion about yeah about why not why couldn't they've just gone down the three of them been like in a relationship especially there's a a scene towards the end of the series where Jamie goes home to visit his mother Mm -hmm, and Roy and mm -hmm. Keeley go with him to his family home and he's like hi mum this is Keely, who's their exes at this point, my Keely. friend Keely, my, my friend Keely, and my friend Roy, and everyone's like, uh, okay, we all know there's like a little bit of romance going on between the three of them, mm-hmm. and everyone was just like, you know, what are the possibilities if it was like this is my girlfriend and her boyfriend? Yeah, you know, would have been nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's definitely going to be fan fiction out there. So I haven't read any of it. But yet, it really but just will prompted be. discussion. <laughs> <laughs> it really just prompted discussion about yeah. this. Well, this is it. This is it. If, there, if there are people, there's one thing when polyamory is depicted in uh, pop culture, in, in TV shows or books or whatever, and then that, you know, therefore facilitates, facilitates the discussion about it. Mm. But. When it isn't actually being depicted and people are still, it's still facilitating discussion about it, then obviously there's, there is a want for it in popular culture. There is a yeah. want for it to be better represented. Now, obviously, we are in this sort of community of, of polyamorous folk. Mm-hmm. So we will be exposed to that discussion more. So I don't think it's necessarily the pop, like in popular discourse, but I think polyamory as a whole is infiltrating the popular discourse now i think it is in general not necessarily in the form of this should have happened in this tv show but it certainly is more and that's why more and more people when we tell them are like okay cool oh and, yeah and not totally. what's that yeah which i think that's been the biggest change over the last 12 months mm. is when we tell people it's okay cool yeah. Most of the time, rather than what's that, which is what it was kind of at the beginning of the year. Another character also was in a... What, what looked like a non-monogamous relationship yeah. with two women to, at the end as well. And that was sort of... That was probably not the best because I think with the char- his character, it was a bit like, 
he was sort of joking. And so at the end, it's like, oh, yeah, of course he's got two girlfriends. It, like, it, it did come across as a little bit of a joke, so, but it didn't last very long. So No. So it's there's also depictions there, but, you know... It, we want it. We're looking for meaningful depictions. Everyone out there, exactly, exactly. Um, and then just to touch on Riverdale, which was which we did touch on with Brett at the end, uh, Brett Chamberlain in our episode with him. This was a classic. How not to? How right? not to do it? Yeah, like it was. This was in August. Uh, Riverdale ended after its final season, and in like the final scene of the whole show, mm. it was revealed that the four main characters had been in a polyamorous relationship for. I don't know whether it was a whole series or some of the, I don't watch it the whole some time, of the I time the point, and yeah. it's like okay cool and it was very much just added in at the end and as we spoke to you with Brett and we sort of like co-signed this it's just like if you're not showing the, dip- the the difficulties, the depiction, the fully formed relationships that non-monogamous people have and the work and the effort and the time and the Google calendars, then we don't want it. It's not fair representation. And yeah. it's it's almost like, you know. Yeah. Well, you, you couldn't do that with a monogamous relationship. You couldn't possibly have a TV show that lasts for, what, seven seasons? Yeah. And then, and, and then it revealed that they were in a relationship. You couldn't do that. So it, it devalues. Yeah polyamorous relationships yeah and this is a realization i'm having right now as we're recording it's because the coffee's taking like kicking in yeah isn't exactly it? let me just, let me, just bright- let me see what else i can sort of <laughs> rinse into my brain <laughs> oh my god no that's it that's, that's it? all that's it i've reached the I'm, I'm at peak level okay um but no, yeah seriously like just what the hell like yeah. you can't do that imagine imagine if you watch I mean, how long? How long would seven seasons be of of television? It'd be four to seven years, maybe. Well, not not literally viewing doing... time. No, I mean, like <laughs> in terms of it coming out, you might say you'd have like a season a year, maybe two seasons, depending. Yeah, but imagine watching. Imagine watching Friends. Yeah. And at Ca- so- I'm doing it. I'm on the couch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you get to. Season four or whichever season Monica and Chandler get together, and but they don't tell you about I think it's it. Season five, but okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's season four. We'll look it up after this. Yeah, yeah. How much do you want to bet? Yeah, we'll talk about. It. We'll take it offline. We'll take it offline. We'll take it offline. Um, w- imagine that 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 happens and they get together, but they don't tell you about it. And then in season ten, after they've moved in together and all this stuff and develops relationship and eventually adopted babies then they reveal that they're actually a couple you couldn't do it it no. wouldn't work narratively and it shouldn't work narratively and it doesn't work narratively yeah. with non-monogamy either yeah and that's the point isn't it so it's stupid agreed you're stupid riverdale <laughs> anyway uh also that's... in august um <laughs> my, my review that's <laughs> rich's review rich's reviews that's oh, going to be a new segment out. of 2024 rich's rich's reviews also in August, we got engaged. Oh, you're just going to drop it. Very that, excited. The hard, the hard E. Well, yeah. We like haven't really talked about it on the show, have we? No, we haven't. But and you like know. not for any real reason. Just that we're busy doing other non-monogamous stuff and talking to amazing people. We just didn't. I don't know, it didn't really feel relevant it, until now. It didn't feel relevant to any, to facilitate any discussion about non-monogamy. Yeah, hundred percent. 
Yeah, just just didn't. And but like, we did, we did that. We, we did, did that, thing. and it's um. I think in the next next year we'll probably end up having a little bit more of like engagement content or wedding content things. Like, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Because as we as we sort of build on our own uh, experiences of being a poly couple or or po- poly relationship mm-hmm. that um, that is living in a in a mon- 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 mononormative monogonormative world yeah you know so yeah watch this it's space. super interesting yeah. it's I just mean, if like you, if, if you want to hear more uh discussion about this then then um let us know because then we'll we'll sort of craft some craft some things because we are crafts but yeah people. it's just been really interesting having being um engaged which is Again, just like anything else in our, at least for our relationship, being non-monogamous, it's sitting down, working out what aligns to your values and like yeah. creating your own path forward, not following that well-trodden track. And yeah, it's been a really eye-opening and interesting experience. So yeah. I think it's fair to say that, and you know, we won't dwell on this much longer, but um, but I think it's fair to say that if at the end of the day it felt, felt true to us, and our, yeah. you know, our just our relationship between each other, and I think you know is we we have a certain we have a certain structural relationship mm-hmm. that and 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 I, we feel that getting married is the next sort of step in that. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Um, and if you're and if you're nice about it, we might invite you to the wedding. We won't. Sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say. No. <laughs> Uh, Win a trip to Australia. <laughs> Could you See us getting married. <laughs> I'm a self-indulgent shit. <laughs> oh my god! We'll sell the photos to like a non-monogamous to magazine. the local local paper of the town that we get married in. <laughs> Brill. Um, how funny. Um, okay, a few more of these to go. So October headlines that Margate in the UK is the non-monogamous capital of this country. Random. Yeah. I've never wanted to go to Margate more. Oh, yeah. And when I heard that. Even when my favourite band, Biffy Clyro, played there many years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I never wanted to go to Margate more. It's just like, we talked about this, I think, on the show, but like the headline of this article is Seaside Town's have always had a reputation. What for being cool? For being well, it's because it's about all about having sex. No, I know, I know, I know. The town's status as a place where people can opt out of monogamy free of judgment is an open secret. Opt out of like monogamy, a, so you're implying free of that judgment. it's always a choice. I just can't. Also, it feels like you're going to go to a seaside town, opt out of monogamy for the weekend. Have a wild time and then go back to your monogamous life in mm. like Surrey. Because polyamory, if correct me if I'm wrong, is kind of like a package vacation. Is that fair to say? Well, usually <laughs> you can like get the drinks deal and then you can also add on the package and get the yeah. non-monogamy like element. You do have to pay extra, but normally it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Condoms are always free though, right? Yeah. 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 Good. Good. At least they're practicing That's safe sex. Um, anyway. So that was an interesting one. It's just like how there's 
apparently non-monogamous capitals now in the UK and everyone's talking about, oh, you're going to go to this place and like just see all these non-monogamous people walking around yeah. and it's just like very like... I would be keen to visit though, but not because, not principally because it's quote-unquote the non-monog capital of the UK, but literally just to see how true that actually is. Like, is it really any more accepting of that, of the, of, of like alternative relationship orientations than say brighton or bristol or yeah you know i i feel i would imagine it's just it comes almost comes hand in hand with being a more liberal minded place i think so and it's like there's so many communities all over the world and all over this country so like to have something labeled as a non-monogamy capital it just like for me feels like oh it's so niche it's like this is the capital of it and it's like Mm. i don't know it's not really and there might be more of a community there which is a brilliant place and it can be like a safe option for people to go there but i don't know i just have a lot of problems with how this was written about so but also the like the imagery that's been used yeah this like, is a sky news article fyi everyone yeah, well, um yeah, from the 1st of october this year but like um, but even this but, like but it's just a little bit wacky it's a little bit like oh look at how weird this person is yeah and they picked a really that's a, the vibe, a photo of it? them partying it's like okay this is the this is like this line kind of really just irks me. For the uninitiated, polyamory means having romantic relationships with more than one person at a time. Fine, you have to include that as a like balanced, informative article. I get it. But mm-hmm. then we continue. It's not cheating because it's all consensual and out in the open and often, but not always allows the blurring of the lines of sexuality. What does that even mean? It's a bit vague. Sorry, what? Oh, you got to be polyamorous to blur the lines of sexuality. Also, wh- why, why, like, because it's all consensual and out in the open. What do you mean out in the open? Privacy is one of the biggest principles of, like, ethical relationships. It's like having a relationship with someone and then being, like, not telling one partner everything about another partner. Like, what? Yeah. I can't. It's the vague. It's it's very. It's just a very vague wording that doesn't. Mate. It like you can't really summarize polyamory in a couple of sentences because it's, it's just that just kind of irks me because it's like, okay, bro, yeesh. you're wrong. It gets me. Gets yeah. me going. Okay, finally, our last news. A news. <laughs> our last news agenda item. Back to we're going back, aren't we? To. Uh, well, yeah, because like, we're just, it's like, you know, full, Again, full circle full moment. Circle. Going back to Cambridge, Massachusetts, the greatest place in the universe. Cambridge, Massachusetts, again, became the second city to protect individuals with uh, diverse family structure and relationships. Yeah. So remember how we mentioned them at the top of the show and they kind of did a thing with like their ordinances. Well, then they came, they came along and made it into their city yeah. law now, which is quite cool. So that's a nice little way to finish the year. Yeah. Yes. You've got a reading list that you want to share. That well, yeah. Is okay. Useful, right? So that you know how books like books that came out this year that that are epic and cool and useful. Yeah, and like you know how the Obamas like do their like reading list. I figured we should do one because we're kind of like. We are that exactly big of a deal. like the Obamas. Yeah, in terms of like social standing, like we're definitely up there. Yeah. But also like, I mean, they sort of do them that are like whatever they've read this year. And I've kind of stuck to ones that have been published this year, but that won't be 
first of all, like we're going to post a full list to Instagram. So there might be some that are from a few years ago that I've read this year that I want to share. Um, But also like this is not an exhaustive list. There's so many things that have been published. This is more just like what we've been reading and who we've been talking to. So I just wanted to mention a couple of them before we move on to the next segment. But uh, just, yeah, some of the books that came out this year that really were important to me and to us and really touched a chord. Uh, The first one was Polywise by Jessica Fern, her second book. Our favourite, right? in the universe yeah so obviously she's the uh, <laughs> she is the author of polysecure yep. a really important book for us in our non-monogamous journey we also spoke to her about microaggressions earlier in the year mm-hmm. um, one of our favorite episodes so definitely go and check it out and in that episode we do cover a lot of the things that she talks about in her second book polywise mm-hmm. about just the non-monogamous journey and the different things that can come up and and how to manage those, how to talk to people about it and some of the unique problems and and issues that you might face. So uh, I really loved this one. It's just a classic, another one from Jess that's just brilliant and I would absolutely recommend if you haven't read it or you haven't read Polysecure and Polywise, you know what, just like buy them as a bundle, wrap them up, gorgeous present for the holiday season. Give it to your mum. Yeah. Actually, my my mother and my sister read Polysecure. Mm-hmm. And when we first were like, okay, by the way, we're going to be in a non-monogamous relationship. Yep. And they found it incredibly useful to just understand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. attachment and how to yeah. kind of support people who are non-monogamous. Yeah. So absolutely recommend our, that. And it was our first sort of... Uh, facilitating text yeah, for us, it was. wasn't it? We really important sat to down us. And uh, read it yeah. in tandem, and it was yeah, wonderful. It was really good. Was, yeah. So that's the first one. The second one Next I want one. to talk about is the Polyamory Workbook by Sarah Young Blood Gregory. That we also had her on our show this year. Yeah. Her workbook is probably my most recommended book. When people write to us on the show or just ask us in our daily lives. Do you have a suggestion for a book that could be helpful? And I always recommend this because it is so easy to read, so clear, so thoughtful. And also there is a huge amount of really, really intuitive and helpful exercises that you can do because it's a workbook. Mm -hmm. And you can do them by yourself. You can do them with a partner with a group of people, Uh, whether you're like you practice kitchen table or whether you're more polycule, you know, there's – so many brilliant exercises that really help to give you the tools of how to build um, an ethical and, as Sarah would say, a freedom-based relationship rather than a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. And so I always recommend this. It's such a fantastic resource, really, and so unique to other the other things that I've read. So, I mean, we loved it. We love the exercise about, like, rules and agreements and boundaries and how to separate those. We mm-hmm. do that and... Mm-hmm. I just think it's absolutely fantastic. So that'll be on the on the uh, Instagram version. Um, two more: the Anxious Person's Guide to Non-Monogamy by Lola Phoenix. Again, another former guest of ours. Her... Well, there's a reason why we ask these people on in the first oh, yeah. place. because we read the books and I was like, fantastic materials. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. It's like we have to talk to this person. Yeah. So Lola's book is really probably one of the most thorough books I have read. On this topic, never have I read a book that is so like includes caveats, different things, different considerations for different types of relationships. It's really accessible and also gives you a look into how the, how anxiety and jealousy can function in non-monogamous relationships, distinguishing the two. I mean, when we spoke to Lola, they were saying about 
how they knew the difference between feeling jealousy and not feeling jealousy. And Mm -hmm. another thing that they say in their book that is just something I really, really appreciate is you're not bad at polyamory for feeling these things. Mm -hmm. It's just really fantastic. So I absolutely recommend getting your hands on a copy of that. Yes. And finally, a book that was only released in October that I haven't even finished yet, but I am loving it so much that I have to talk about it on this show. <laughs> it is by Evita La Vida Loca Soyas, and it's called The Polyamory Devotional, and it is 30, 365 daily reflections about non-monogamy. So, Evita, um, they started the... Uh, daily reflections, the polyamory daily reflections in during the pandemic. And now they've put together a book with 365 reflections Mm -hmm. and I'm about halfway through and it is just the perfect, I honestly think it's a perfect gift. If you need to get, get your metamor or a partner or someone a gift Uh, or like, you know, if you live with a partner, like it's just a perfect non-monogamous person's coffee table book and you can just open it up and there's a reflection, there's a little explanation and there's like a question that you can ask yourself or with your partners. It's uh, it's absolutely fantastic. So I'm not even finished it yet, but I just had to talk about that book is, is really, really fantastic and I think a brilliant present. This has also been a gift guide, a non-monogamous holiday podcast gift guide for well, the holidays. Last minute gifts. Um, uh, yep. You'll be cutting it close, but you know, if you're one of those you know, people that leaves it to the last minute, you'll be fine. Then, uh, and yeah. uh, we'll put a full list on Instagram because there's some more that we want to include. Yes. So, yeah. Nice. Um, Siobhan, do you want to reflect? I mean, I know we've been reflecting already <laughs> for the last 40 minutes, but yes. let's reflect some more about, you know, our, our more. Um, our more sort of personal reflections. Mm-hmm. I'll start. Thanks. Um, so <laughs> for me, this last year has been about more than anything about community building. Because at the start of this year, I didn't really know anyone else that was polyamorous, yeah. to be honest. And uh, that sucked. Now I have, I mean, maybe I'm using the term somewhat colloquially, but I have friends all over the world um, who are, and they're amazing. And that's honestly one of the best feelings. And hopefully us facilitating discussions with them and posting them and, um, you know, being people being able to listen to those discussions has helped other people feel more connected to the poly community, the global poly community, say global sort of, you know, Northwestern hemisphere. But, <laughs> but you, you know, you, you catch my drift. Um, I take your point. Yeah, you take my point. I mean, it's been, as I say, it's been, it's just been so amazing to get to talk to these people, many of whom are at the forefront of of really expanding rights and mm-hmm. and just facil- facil- facilitating the discussion more broadly amongst people who maybe never heard of polyamory before. It's it's really important work. And shout out to those people. They know who they are. Uh, I'm sure our listeners know who they are too. And um, We've had a lot of them on the show, actually. We've had a lot of them on the show. And we'll continue to have more of them on the show next year. Yeah. And final point, you know, is that that work has really expanded 
I think I think at the start of this year in popular discourse it just wasn't there really not not in any meaningful way now I think now it's it's becoming a part of popular discourse in general not just polyamory but I think in general more and more people and this is what we've been saying throughout the show like when we tell people and we talk talk to people about it it's so much less of a third degree <laughs> yeah. that you get in return uh, it's more of a just acceptance and that's been really wonderful so I think 2023 the year of poly acceptance well. or the year of poly discourse I mean at least in our circles right like yeah yeah I can, we can only speak for her and this is it this is our personal reflection yeah and of course there's more work to be done as well and that's why we've, as you said we've had we've spoken to and these amazing people that are doing all this work. Um, can I ask you, as a a poly identifying individual, how like what's it how's it felt for you having all of the like having these discussions with people in our show and um, you know, having maybe me telling more people and you telling more people and just being able to talk about it in your own life, like how has that impacted you and in you know, your sense of identity? Well, look, I'm not going to say it's easy yet because it still isn't. It's still really scary every time you bring it up. And there are still times when I'm like, you know, I mean, I've, I'm very good at judging whether or not I should tell someone yeah, or bring, you know, bring it up in more generally. And that, I mean, that's something that I think I've learned from being queer in general. Right. But... And we've said this before on the show that I feel that telling people about polyamory and, and being polyamorous is actually hard, even harder, depending on who I'm telling. But um, there's definitely, I definitely feel more validated. I feel more sort of uh, emboldened. I feel more... I feel like there's more weight behind me because I feel like there is a community that's there to protect and there to accept. And I think that community is getting bigger and bigger. And that community is, is not, you know, it's not just polyamorous people. It's, it's, I feel like there is an allyship mm -hmm. that is growing too. And that starts with families of poly people and friends of poly people. Yeah. And then it extends to people that they know. And that's how you you build a, a movement. That's how you build a, you know, you build on the work that's being done already. So yeah, short answer is better. Yeah, I feel better. Yeah, I don't feel I, there's still so it's such a long way to go. But let's see what 2024 brings, and hopefully we yeah. can say we feel even better. Yeah, <laughs> by this time next year. Yeah. What about you? I want to hear. I want to hear from you now. Well, What's your poly reflection? For me, it's just I've been really struck by the evolution of myself personally, but also of us as a couple. And I actually recently had, as mentioned earlier in the show, that um, I have been telling a lot more people this year about being non-monogamous. And particularly I found that, I think I mentioned this last week, in the last few weeks, I've really been sort of unleashing and not because I've been like making a conscious effort to do that, but because it's come up naturally and I've said, well, I'm going to say something. Well, do you think that you feel more comfortable in doing so as well? 
Um, it's a process. Mm. Yes and no. Sometimes I'm still not fully like at ease, but I I think it's getting easier. And I also feel like I have told everyone now in my life that it really close and important to me. So recently I told two family members who will be in my bridal party and I was really, really, really nervous about that and had lots of discussions with other family members and with you and friends beforehand because, yeah, I, I think people have really surprised me in how open-minded and they have been and how accepting and generous in like just widening their experiences and their perceptions they've been. Mm-hmm. So that has been... I, I feel really grateful for that. And sometimes you feel nervous and stressed and you're like not giving these people that no one love you enough credit. Uh, but then at the same time, being a queer person and being in a monogamous relationship, there's no guarantee. And I think everyone knows that who's listening to the show in a very real way, that there is no guarantee about how someone might reveal themselves to you and what mm. that might mean for your life. So I'm getting better at it, but it's, nerve-wracking still for me and hopefully i can listen to this episode next year and think oh gosh that's changed for me yeah hopefully and yeah i've been really struck by just like as i said i'm telling a lot of people so i often if i'm telling someone new i'll send them like resources so Mm -hmm. our podcast but also articles that i've written and i published some of them back in may of last year this year sorry so when we started the pod and i was reading back over those some of those recently and i was just so amazed by the language and the terms I was using because I no longer identify with that stuff anymore, mm-hmm. particularly what things like p- primary partner and, uh, you know, like different types of hierarchy that you and I probably identified with a little bit more earlier in the year and now we no longer do. Mm. And I just couldn't i was like wow that change we also changed our branding quite early on in this show from life and love in a open relationship to life and love in polyamory because we were like actually we are not in an open relationship we've been using this term but maybe somewhat in a misguided way i don't think we ever really were properly open we always said that we could have emotional connections with people and we could love others and we've just realized that. So again, this evolution. And I mean, this year I started off the year with like two breakups and I've mentioned before that one of those was like a secret veto power that I didn't know about, but also that I didn't have the tools to communicate about. I didn't ask the right questions. I didn't explain what I needed because I didn't know that I had needed to do that. It was very much an evolution and a, and a journey and a, just kind of a crash course in what it's like to date outside of our relationship. And then I also just went on one date in the middle of the year. So really, I've not actually dated at all this year. So I've also realized this year how much of polyamory and the evolution that I've just described has been really personal. Mm -hmm. It's not been – it's been through experiences with others – and with you watching you date like a fair bit this year and like mm. going out and exploring more. And, but for me, it's like I've been watching what you've been doing, but it's been a very personal reflection. Mm-hmm. And to, to witness through the articles that I wrote earlier in the year through this podcast to then see that 
personal evolution has been really like exciting and empowering for me. And I mean, we always say this and this is something that I'm really excited about having a pod that's like on the record and out there is like, you have to let people grow. You have to expect people to evolve. And we will produce this podcast and continue to put episodes out there. And people who listen to the first one and listen to our most recent one will notice that evolution, that change. And I think that just goes to show the complexity of the non-monogamous experience, what we uh, always think, set out to yeah, show. I think that applies to any anyone as well, though. Yeah. Not, not just about polyamory. Like the we look back over people's, we scrutinize, you know, people in in the public eye. We scrutinize their past so much, and we can go back as far as ten years, fifteen years, yeah. and still hold them to that. And I think that's one thing that the it's almost like a condensed version yeah. of that you know in, in in terms of period of time where you know we've said things that even in a space of six months 12 months we no longer agree with like people are capable of pretty rapid change sometimes yeah especially when they're in the infancy of like educating themselves yeah about about something new and yeah that, i mean that's been i think that that lesson is a more general one that's mm-hmm. that's applied to lots of things but um, but I mean, the other thing that's interesting is you started, you, you, you've gone throughout the year, like not really dating that much until kind of more recently. Mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, was dating, I had three different people that I was seeing at one point. Yeah. And now I'm not seeing anyone. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, things happen. But Well, yeah, things grow yeah. and change. And it, I just, yeah, I, I think with non-monogamy particularly there is a, pr- a pressure for the external outside mm. people like, to make it look like it's working you know it works non-monogamy because there's this big social question about does it really work mm-hmm. and there's this pressure for people who are non-monogamous to first of all prove to the world that it's working and second of all to like know everything about it because you must know because you're in it mm. and we don't hold people who are in monogamous relationships to that same standard. We don't expect our friends who are dating to prove to us that their relationship's working. Mm-hmm. We don't expect them to know everything about relationships. Like, could you imagine how insane that would be? Expecting your friend who's in a monogamous relationship to know everything. No, we say, read this book, see therapists, whatever. So I think there's a lot of pressure there as well. And like for me, the beauty of our show and the beauty of our podcast is to present that evolution in real time to people. That we have moments that are not great. We have moments that are upsetting. We have discussions with experts where we like reveal something about ourselves and then that changes. And to show that evolution and to show that it's just another human experience is so important. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't I don't think I was able to verbalize that until a little while ago. And I've learned so much through your experiences, your learning through my experiences. Um, I mean, like I would never use the word primary, the the term primary partner anymore. Mm. I would never use that. Like, but we did. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. So I think for me, 2023 is the year of evolution. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. Well, a final us. little bit. Yeah, that's, that's us. us. What about you? You specific listener right now listening. You. 
we uh, we crowdsourced <laughs> on Instagram and asked people what their highlight, polyamory highlight of the year was. Uh, we got many responses, many, many responses. Many, We're many, so many. excited about that. We read all of them. Thank you so much, everybody who wrote in. And we've just sort of picked out a couple of them to, uh, to share with, yeah. with you all. I'm going to start with this one because it's just really simple. Entering poly lifestyle. Nice. Just entering it. Yeah. That's great. Welcome. Welcome We're glad to, to have you. the club. Uh, fantastic. Next one. I have a fiance and a girlfriend now. But life is so busy, I probably only get to see girlfriend every two weeks. Now, believe it or not, that's that's certainly true of a lot, a lot of the partners we've had. Sometimes mm-hmm. we, we go two weeks at a time without seeing someone. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, that Google calendar, man. It just gets busy as a poly person, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Wild. But love that you've got but love it. a girlfriend love, and a fiancé. Yeah. Welcome. Very good. Met a wonderful new partner and fell in love whilst still dating other partners. Nice. There's 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 a slice of polyamory for you. You can love more than one person. <laughs> there's the proof. The end. Thank you for sharing. Big deep reflection that it's how my heart's always worked and that's okay. Love it. My heart. Yeah. So freeing. You know what this is like more than anyone in yes, this room. Exactly. How it feels to just be you, accept yourself. Yeah, exactly. Being accepted by my mono partner and being a comet for someone interstate. I love the fact that your mono partner has accepted you. That's it's that's that makes me feel of, like emotional, yeah. Yeah, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah. It's just so it's just such a validating feeling when someone who isn't like it's one thing to be, you know, it, successfully in a successfully in inverted commas. <laughs> to be in a poly relationship with someone, but then to be sort of monopoly and be accepted by a monopartner fully is just, yeah, always a great feeling. Yeah. Being recommended this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Had to mention this one. Um, that, I will, full disclosure, is someone that I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not someone that I know particularly well. <laughs> but they know who they are and thank you very much. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Uh, this next one is actually from a former guest of the podcast, Kylie, a.k.a. Sexy Swinger Chick. Uh, thank you for, for sending in this. Uh, getting involved with OPEN, that's the Organization for Polyamory and Ethical Non-Monogamy, and learning about the polyamory community. I'm so in love with the community as a swinger, and I'm so glad I am getting the chance to learn so much from you. Yeah, We Thanks, learned so Kylie. much from you too, Kylie. Yeah, so go and check you. out her episode, Swinging 101. She's a treasure. So good. Such a good so episode. Good. Yeah. Pulp Fiction with my teenager's husband, boyfriend, and husband's girlfriend. It's just beautiful, isn't it? Oh, my God. That just gives me goosebumps. That's amazing. Yeah. Teenagers. Nice polycule And all of your, like, night. partners. That's amazing. So cute. That's really... That's, that's, that's would have been a wonderful experience. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That's Thank really special. You. My boyfriend and I got a boyfriend. Three months in and going well. Yes. Love to hear it. A year regularly seeing the same person, birthday celebrations, and booking a holiday. 
we might be pole. Well, I, fine. It sounds like you could well be, yes. Yeah. And if you are, then we're, it's great to have you in the community. Yeah. Not that we are the gatekeepers of the community, but you know what I mean. <laughs> just, just you get it. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hanging out with both of my partners together for the first time. It was incredible, lovely, relaxing. Yeah. So cute. That's cute. That's something that hopefully we'll get to do soon too. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we've certainly, yeah, it's it, it's very much on the cards. We'll, I'm sure we'll share that maybe. If At we some feel, point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Got to spend an entire month with my long distance partner. Cute. Very cute. Very, very cute. Love that. Especially, yeah, I mean, like, it must be so hard if you've got. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is true of also monogamous relationships yeah. too, but like, yeah, yeah. Lovely. Meeting my current partner was such a good match. Cute. Yay. Yay. This one is one of my favorites. I've started my first open relationship and it helps me to trust again. Oh my God. It's so... Oh, I really feel that actually. Yeah, yeah. I like really relate to that. I, uh, yeah, like it is so, it almost feels like, especially when you're looking at it from a non-monogamous, uh, sorry, I mean monogamous perspective, it feels like a bit of a sort of oxymoron where you're like, wait, you, your partner's going to date other people so you trust them more. It doesn't really feel like that shouldn't be, make sense, but it, it, it does and it does make you feel more secure. Mm-hmm. And actually something that, um, I have really noticed is like since we got engaged, actually our relationship structure has made me feel really safe because I think I could absolutely have got caught up in the like, you know, the history of marriage and me being like a, a possession for my male presenting partner and am I being locked down and all these things that I think would have really made me not trust and mm. not manage. Mm. And having our relationship structure has been really helpful so just in terms of feeling free and feeling like I'm still my individual self. So yeah. I really relate to that. I, re- I, I really think that the early stages of like when you're first sort of learning about polyamory, are, they, they are, there are a lot of exercises in trust, I yes. think. Um, yeah. And it's empowering, really empowering when you, when you, when you kind of learn to trust in the, that way. Yes. Yeah. And in yourself and in your partners. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, last one. The amazing people I've met. Ditto. Field is full of beautiful people. Connection is key. Shout out to Field. Yeah. Well done. And uh, <laughs> Connection is key. Connection is key. And I think that is such a wonderful way to just wrap up the year, really, with that quote. Everyone, sh- I, you know, God, there's so many that we could have just, I could talk about forever. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of those sort of similar sentiments that came through. But I mean, that is ultimately what everyone in m- any relationship wants to achieve is connection. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think we'll wrap out the year feeling quite connected to each other, to ourselves, to the, the wider polyamorous community. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys, for coming on the journey. You Obviously, we wouldn't do it without you, but we also couldn't do it without you. Yeah. And that's cliche, but it's true. And yeah, stay tuned for 2024. We're going to go take a little break now and uh, and relax. And, and we'll enjoy be back the holidays. On, yeah. 
And we'll be back in January. On the, yeah, 8th of Jan. 8th of Jan. Uh, for the last time this year, please remember to subscribe to us, to rate, review, give us a five-star Christmas gift, if you will. Yes. <laughs> five stars for five baby Jesus. No, doesn't work. No. Doesn't work. No. <laughs> doesn't work. Uh, you can also... Oh, I thought of one. I thought of them. Oh, okay. Five gold stars. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a poly tree. Okay. You can also uh, <laughs> follow us on social media. We are at poly underscore podcast on both Instagram and Twitter and threads as well. You can find us at our website, the poly podcast.captivate.fm, and you can email us at podcastpoly at gmail.com. Have See a great. See you next year. See you next year, guys. Bye. Bye.